This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, Sterling. <laughs> welcome, everyone. Uh, welcome to all our listeners. Welcome to all our viewers on the YouTube channel. Uh, my name is Matt Connor. I'm with Sterling Holmes. Welcome to another edition of the Arrowhead Addict podcast. It's a wild Tuesday. Sterling, your own schedule is wild. It kind of fits in with the state of the NFL today. How are you? Good, baby. Making chili today. And didn't pull, pull a Kevin and drop it. I almost did. I almost <laughs> dropped the crock pot today, and it would have been a disaster. Two pounds of beef, beans, and just maters would have been a disaster but we're good, baby. It would have been a total disaster. Almost like the Broncos looked for like 10 minutes today. And then the Russ Wilson trade happened. An interesting thing today, Broncos fans are a little odd because here's what's great. Aaron Rodgers, you know, like the, the big news of the day, Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Green Bay Packers, $50 million a year, four years. Who knows if that'll play out all four years, but, you know, clearly he's not going to the Broncos. And so for a hot second, it looked like, all right, let's roll up our sleeves for Drew Locke and maybe Mitchell Trubisky. So it was hilarious. I ended up writing something about it because I found it hilarious. And then they trade for Russell Wilson. And so then suddenly our Twitter feed on Arrowhead Addict is filled with Broncos fans saying, take the loss. And I'm thinking... I'm thinking, uh, you've taken 13 straight losses. I, I, <laughs> Sure, sure, if that's how you want to play this troll-wise. But uh, anyway, big day. We want to talk about Tyron. We want to talk about Tyreek. We want to talk about Orlando. We want to talk about free agency. We've got reader questions to get to. But let's get to some beer first, Sterling. Oh, let's do it. All right. Casey Beer Company, you know this. We've talked about it. It's incredible. Made with only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, yeast. They've won awards in Germany. They, they're from Kansas City and have won awards in Germany. Das Awards. They brew their beers according to the German purity law of 1516. There were like only kings back then. 1516. Think how long ago that was. They've been brewing the beer based on the purity laws since then. If you haven't tried it, go to Casey Beer Company, get some. I'll be heading to Casey Beer Company relatively soon. Um, I plan on going back and having a few more beers, maybe a Zwei Beer Bitte. You never know. Might might get after it. (laughs) But Casey Beer Company, we love them as a sponsor. We love their beer. Anytime you guys have one and tweet out your support, that helps us. They love that. So anytime you guys do that, we truly do appreciate that. But try Casey Beer Company. But the big news, like you mentioned, Russell Wilson going to the Broncos, we might finally have a, a rivalry again because it hasn't been one for so long. You know, they finally have, what, the third best quarterback in the AFC West? Congratulations, Broncos. You no longer have the worst quarterback. That's pretty good for them, right? <laughs> but in all seriousness, the AFC West is now an absolute gauntlet. The Broncos are, are no longer a team you can just overlook and just count two wins on your schedule every single year. Good for the Broncos. They did give up a lot. Let's go through the trade right now. Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, which was their defensive veteran presence guy. Noah Fant, who I really liked at tight end. This, to me, maybe lends credence to they like Albert O. They think Albert Okabunum might be their future tight end. But Noah Fant was, to me, 
a piece that everyone's overlooking. Uh, two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, a fifth-round pick, Russell Wilson, and a fourth heading back to Denver. They gave up a lot, but at the same time, they felt like they had a complete team outside of a quarterback. This to them was a, hey, it's a win-now mode. We're in this gauntlet of of a division. We're not going to win with eight wins. We're not going to win with Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. If we don't get a top 10 quarterback, we have no chance. Yeah, I I love this deal for the Broncos. I, I mean, I love it. And I realize some people are like, wow, Seattle got a nice haul in this. They did. But remember this. Remember that Von Miller, the trade in the midseason, they got a second and a third for Von Miller. Now Von Miller is going back to Instagram saying, like, he's acting as if he's coming back to Denver after, like, a few months away. So Denver in this draft, even after trading their first and second, has their own second they have a and two thirds. So the Broncos still have three of the top 100 picks in this draft after getting Russell Wilson. I, I mean, I just think that's if the cost for that is 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 Noah, who has not lived up to. I mean, he's looked good, but he has mm-hmm. not been like a first round tight end um, when he was taken. Like both he and T.J. Hawkinson were like hailed as this as like. Okay, you you have Jared Goff throwing the ball. Matt Stafford's great. I'm a big Matt Stafford guy. But you can't take some situation into the equation here, right? I I think TJ Hawkins and Noah Fan are both incredible. But when you have Teddy Bridgewater, who can't throw the ball four yards downfield, good luck getting him the rock. I agree. Although Russ Wilson wins the last tight end that – Russell Wilson made a, uh, I mean, maybe Jimmy Graham several Jimmy years Graham. ago. Jimmy Graham, yeah. So I, I, I like the deal a lot for the Broncos. I mean, to me, you you trade your tight end like that if you do. And um, and I think it makes him the second best quarterback in the division. I mean, I would oh. rather have, I would rather have Russell. Look, man, I, I think there's a history here. I think, the, I think, think, think for a minute. A history of him shitting the bed down the stretch? Dude, what have the Chargers done? No, 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 but Herbert's not – it's not on Herbert. He just got there. Russell Russell Wilson has been pissing down his leg for season after season. First half of the year, he becomes an MVP frontrunner, and then games nine on, he's a dude. He's a jag. Look, 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 let me just say this. Name a successful Seattle Seahawks draft pick. Since like KJ Wright, name one DK Metcalf. Okay, solid. Do it again. <laughs> name two. I might be. I might be struggling here. <laughs> I mean, I, in, in other words, I even read a thing where it said like they haven't drafted a Pro Bowler since like it, it's been like almost a decade or something. Like it's just been crazy since since they were like good and they're tre- like they're horrible in the trenches. I think Russ is going to look much better in Denver and reinvigorated. Than he was. Russ has also made the Pro Bowl nine of the last ten years. So I I respect the history. I like the experience. I think he's going to be much better than he has been. I like Justin Herbert too. I just don't think that Justin's done nearly as much as Russ has done. And you can say, hey, Russ has passed his prime, and and the Broncos just blew it, and and whatever, whatever. And I could see that perspective. But for me, I think the Broncos with Russ Wilson are a tougher team than Justin Herbert and the Chargers at this point. Maybe the whole entire team scenario, I will give you that. But I think Justin Herbert at this point is better than Russell Wilson. Wilson has not been the same guy in my mind. I'll have to look back to the stats. Just looking at him last year, not the same. The year before, not the same. Russell Wilson, I think, is very talented. But I don't – I think he's on his downslope. And I don't know if that is a case of complacency – I don't know if it's a case of his offensive line was horrendous, but it's not like this Denver offensive line is fantastic. The Denver True. offensive line was their other issue. Their defense is great. They have weapons, but they did just trade away one in Noah Fant. If they can get receivers to stay healthy, if Cortland Sutton can play a full season, if if Tim Patrick uh, can, can be your legitimate no. third weapon, third offensive guy you can trust, you have Jerry Judy. You know, I think Denver is a complete team. But I still want to wait and see with Russell Wilson. I, I trust Justin Herbert so much. After seeing him progress this season, I, I, I've been shocked by how good Herbert's looked. 
They do have some issues. They have to figure out late game situations. They do have to figure out if, for me, it's weird. The Chargers have been a team where they've been good, but they choke away games. And it hasn't mattered what city they're in. Hasn't mattered what quarterback they've had. Hasn't mattered what head coach they've had. They yeah. find it's like it's like a ghost. But we'll see. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. By the way, Russ Wilson had 40 touchdown passes just two years ago. So and, you know, and what and what do they come though? I want to know when they came because it seems like they start we, the first eight weeks and he looks like oh he's the MVP and then it comes down to he's peeing down his leg. <laughs> I we'll see. I mean, only time can tell. I will say this. And I want to get your opinion here, too. For me, it doesn't at all change the landscape of the AFC West. It makes those games harder. It makes it harder for the Chargers to keep winning. It's harder for the Raiders to keep winning. But my concern about the Chiefs in the division doesn't change that at all. Does it change your level of concern as they chase a seventh title? I would say at least a little bit would be lying if we said face and Russell Wilson doesn't change anything compared to Teddy or Drew Locke. Um I think it changes less because the AFC is still or AFC West is still running through Kansas City. I think Kansas City is still the best team in the West, but it is going to be a gauntlet some beating up on each other. You know who's really happy right now? The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are stoked right now going, "All right, our toughest competition is Mac Jones. It is functional Miami team down there." Eventually to face Joe Burrow and the Bengals, but the AFC West is just an absolute gauntlet. The Bills came out right now with feeling the feel they're feeling the best right now. Um, same thing could be said of like the Titans, right? You're facing the Jags twice a year. You're facing mm-hmm. the Texans twice a year. Every other division is a is a nearly a cakewalk. Uh, Pittsburgh's doing nothing in the next whatever. Well, that's my point. I think they're gonna they're gonna replace someone at QB. I, I it can't They're be going to get someone. It can't be worse. Derek Carr to Pittsburgh would be a phenomenal fit that no one's really making a big deal about. I that's one that I would take a look at if I were the Steelers. What what would the Raiders do at that point? Would they chase a quarterback in the draft and and do the rebuild thing? I, you would have to. I, I to me, I think the Raiders have peaked at where they are talent wise. Derek Carr is a above average quarterback. We hate on him all the time here in Kansas city. It's easy to hate on him. He always has his worst games against the chiefs. So we have that seared into our mind. Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. You put him on the Steelers with a lot of talent around him and a good defense. That Steelers team, I think is making the playoffs easy Raiders. They have to claw and fight to win. He goes to the Steelers. I think that's a playoff team automatically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I I don't know. I disagree with you. The Browns are kind of a mess. There's just nothing compared to the AFC West, nothing at all. I don't think it should surprise anyone. Is it possible that all four teams in the AFC West make the postseason next year? Like, wouldn't that just be totally bananas, some scenario in which they beat up on themselves and then absolutely decimate everyone else? You know, we'll we'll see. But that, but um, at least two, at least three teams in the West are coming out with the post, yeah. like of the postseason. It's like the that, NFC West this year. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. The, um, today was a deadline, 4 p.m. today. If uh, if you follow along on the NFL lunar calendar today, also today, if you're a Scorpio, look out for <laughs> positive connections. So um, <laughs> uh, so today, 4 p.m. was the franchise tag deadline. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs were one of eight teams um, to tag a player. Orlando Brown Jr. hasn't signed it. Orlando Brown then comes out and says, oh, I would sign it, except I'm busy right now. Then here's what he says he's busy with. I want to help Patrick Mahomes through his wedding, help support him through his wedding. Then he says, I have a charity event at the end of the month I'm getting ready for. Um, <laughs> and and then he'll sign it. So is I want to know, is Orlando Brown now an event planner who is in charge of Patrick Mahomes' reception? Is Orlando Brown right this minute choosing between checkered and polka dot on like tablecloths for a special event? Like what's happening? Like what's happening here? Like what? Like, like what? What's behind that weird quote? And 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 what do you make of this, dog? How long is it sign? How, how long does it take to sign a piece of paper? Right. You, you slide over a check for what's it? Sixteen and a half million. You the paper is not even done fluttering on the on the table before it's signed. 
did the Chiefs tell him like, hey, don't if you don't sign it, it won't count toward our cap. So just act busy for forever and we'll pay you eventually. I don't know. I think he does sign a long-term extension in Kansas City. I, I do think that's in the cards. I don't think it's going to be for the resetting the market price that he wants. I know he wants to be the highest paid left tackle. He also said Patrick Mahomes was not going to get knocked down last year. Remember that when he got signed here? He's like, oh, Patrick's not getting hit. Not from my side. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk a lot. I, Orlando Brown Jr. is a very solid left tackle. As the season progressed, he, in my mind, fit in maybe as a top seven left tackle. That's not top three. That's not getting paid like a number one left tackle. He's top seven, in my mind. I I don't get where he feels like he deserves to get paid 23, 24 plus million a year. That, to me, seems asinine. And at some point, the Chiefs have to find a number and say, we are not going over that. At some point, it's a sunk cost. Yeah, you gave up a first-round draft pick, right? What equates to a first-round draft pick, it's a sunk cost. Just because you did that doesn't mean you have to all of a sudden pay this guy whatever he wants. That's not how this should work. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think that there's – you have no doubt about the fact that he's going to get a long-term deal. Is that right? Is that what you said? I – more doubt has crept into my mind, but I think a deal gets done. I yeah. just, I just can't see it. If it's for twenty three plus million a season, I'm going to have some issues. Sure, sure. I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that a deal is going to get done. I think the deal will get done in the summer, like Chris Jones' deal did. I mean, like that's the downtime of year where you can take care of some business and you're not as busy. But let me ask you this: If the Chiefs end up with this sort of cap space where they can absorb the $16.5 million hit that comes with the tech. Sure. Do you think it behooves them to force Brown to play out that deal so they have another year of looking at how he's going to fit in? I mean, that I think that would make his side of things upset and you risk some relational whatever. But do you do that for $16 million? Or do you do that for mm-hmm. a potential $100 million deal? You say... Well, sorry, your feelings are upset, but we're going to see how you play for another year here. I would say if he doesn't accept a five-year, $100 million contract, something around there, I would say, yeah. where You almost need and want more tape. It's a dangerous game you're playing, and I'm typically a fan of getting in a year early than a year late. Same thing with Chris Jones. Probably could have had him cheaper if you get in there a year early, right? But with Orlando Brown Jr., there isn't a ton of tape, and I don't see him dramatically going from where he is now to being a top three left tackle. I think there's some potential there to be a top, you know, six, five, you know, maybe in that slot. But I just don't see him all of a sudden being like, yeah, he's the best left tackle. He's not going to be Trent Williams. Okay. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Isn't top five enough, though, to get like max money or near max money? I wouldn't pay him. 23 plus million. Again, I, I have a number that I'm like, yeah, that's it. That there's my, there's my level. There's my out. Yeah. I guess I get what you're saying. Left tackle to me just might be a position. However, where there's such a lack of good, it's almost like quarterback where it's like, okay, if you don't pay him and he goes somewhere else, who, who are you turning to? I mean, cause right side is a who knows right now. Sure. If you create that hole on the left side too, that feels like taking two steps back when you tried to make a step forward last year. And if it takes you a couple million dollars more to like secure the services of a top five to seven guy, you do it at that position. Cause who else do you have? Right. I think it comes down again to the sunk cost scenario. I feel like people are saying they have to pay Orlando Brown Jr. They have to pay him because of what they gave up. My, my question here is, do you really have to, they found a way to get Orlando Brown Jr. Right. Originally it was Trent Williams and they struck out. They'll find a way to get something done, even if it's not with him. I trust the front office. I trust Brett, Brett Veach to not all of a sudden put me at left tackle. <laughs> I trust him to not put a rookie there, not not put Mike Rimmers again in a Super Bowl-type situation, right? I trust <laughs> Kansas City to get something done, whether or not it's with Orlando Brown Jr. And by the way, I think saying him being top seven is pretty generous. PFF mm-hmm. would not agree with you. A lot of the, okay. the, a lot of the numbers wouldn't agree with you. I think he's a very solid player, but if you asked a lot of guys around the NFL, they might not say he's top seven. I thought he got substantially better as the season went on. Sure. 
And I would probably place him top seven or eight at this point in the NFL at the position. I guess we're disagreeing to agree. I mean, agreeing to disagree. I guess, you know, whatever. You drink your KC beer, I'll drink mine. How's that? Whatever. Deal. I mean, if you you don't have to tell me twice. I'll pound those bad boys. I had some on Saturday. I was crushing them. (laughs) The the, the Hellas Lager. Oh, pristine. Pristine. Nice. Hey, uh, folks, by the way, if you're listening, if you're watching, just want to note, sometimes Sterling and I get along. We still hang out anyway in the Discord channel available to all of our members um, through the Arrowhead Addict uh, membership available to everyone. Um, Also, we got some cool swag coming through. Hoodies, hats. Do we have a koozie? Do we have like a, a beer koozie? I didn't see a koozie, and that feels like the first thing we should have done. We need a koozie. I yeah. We have a mug in there. There's all kinds of swag. Anyway, all that to say, the details are wherever um, you are. If you're watching this, uh, the details are in the information section there with the stream. And uh, if you're listening, if you're listening to this on uh, on iTunes or wherever, the information will be there for you um, in the information section on how you can get involved or pick up some cool swag. Just want to mention that because we got some. Uh, great folks. And even now in our chat here in the restream, um, some people are noting that the Discord is awesome. I, I drop in every day and it's just fun to like to take surveys of other Chiefs fans or to ask their opinions, see what's going on. And random stuff like the chili recipe, uh, talking to people about books and music. Cereal? Honestly, it's cereal. We do it all, baby. We do it all. We do it all. Uh, so Orlando Brown being horrible aside as what Sterling just said, let's move to uh, the other business um, that we haven't talked about Sterling Tyron Matthew. This is from a few days ago, but he's now expected to test the market as free agency begins. That feels like a foot out the door. What do you think of, uh, I mean, like, is your heart broken? Are you like, yep, this is going to happen and I could care less. I mean, what do you make of this? compared to what he's meant to the team, he just won MVP for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Second of three years. Please tell me what to even think of this. I think it's fair to say he had a great three years in Kansas city. He was a phenomenal, incredible signing for Kansas city. Those three years, 42 million. He was worth every single penny of it. Doesn't mean I would like to see him back on a market setting contract. I, I like Tyron Matthew, but not for the number that I believe he is wanting and trying to get. Safety, the position itself, to me, is not as valuable as even a cornerback. The most, for me, I'd like to see the money spent on edge. Get me an elite pass rusher before I'd like to see an elite safety. And if you did a poll of all of the, let's just say, larger contract, or at least larger giving up to, to land a high safety, a lot of those teams are regretting it. Do you think... Seattle's regretting Jamal Adams for two first-round draft picks. You think the Vikings are regretting Harrison Smith making him the highest-paid safety in the NFL? Do you think the Chiefs regretted the monstrosity of the Eric Berry contract? And I love Eric Berry. That was just, you know, fluky. But that happens. And for me, I think you can find someone to play safety at a much lesser price And it's not going to be that much of a drop-off. If you are so reliant on one guy to get your defense in place, that's a coaching issue. That should not be on Tyron Matthew. If your defense falls apart when he comes out, that's a coaching issue. It shouldn't all be on Tyron Matthew. Well, let me ask you this, because several sources that I've seen, the reports are Tyron's not expected to set top of the market. I mean, he's, he's going to be available and probably coveted I'm not sure that he's going to like break the bank in some Justin Simmons kind of way because of his age, maybe some maybe some decline in the overall athleticism there and a fear of going multiple years only makes that more fearful. So let me ask you this, if the market dictates that Matthew is actually going to sign somewhere for 10 to 12 million, that it's not 17 million Jamal Adams money, it's not even 15 million Simmons money. Do you like Matthew to return for like double digit millions? Or are you thinking unless he's going to take a, a, a massive discount? Like, I, like, I just wonder, you seem past him already. 
I wouldn't say I'm past him. It's nothing against Tyron Matthew. I think he is a very, very good player. I think he does have a lot of the intangibles. I do think he helps, obviously, in, in the locker room because he was voted team MVP. That is a big deal. It's the positional value, and it's the age. If you can get him for two-year, $22 million, I'd say go right ahead. Okay. But I, I don't think he wants to do that. I don't think Tyron Matthew wants to sign because this is his last con. He knows this is his last big contract, right? You're not going to all of a sudden sign a massive three-year deal when you're 32, 33 years old. Yeah. So I understand what he's doing. If it, it, if it was me, and I see this right here, a question here, does the prospect of losing both Matthew and Ward scare you? I'm going to answer it this way. I'd prefer to have Traverius Ward than Tyron Matthew on a similar contract. That, I find that interesting. I I, I see the side of it. Um, and the answer there is yes. I, does the prospect of losing both scare me? Yeah, especially with Russ Wilson now in the same division. Um, every game is just that much harder. You got to have some kind of pass defense. You also have to have a pass rush. There's a lot to address. And so these kind of questions are, I don't, I don't know if it's scary. It's just knowing that the offseason is long and it's going to take a lot of time to figure out what the answer is going to look like. Um, and so, so at some point, it's going to seem like, yeah, we could be in trouble here. Just like last year when we thought, yo, is the starting left tackle going to be like Alejandro Villanueva or like Russell Okung or, or something like that? Like, that's what we thought for a while. So, um, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. By the way, Tyron Matthew, buy or sell as a future Hall of Famer? Mm. Oh, man, it's tough. Does that include season ending now or what he does in the future? No, I mean, I'm a, like – Project what you think he'll do going forward. Mm. That he's going to be borderline, man. Okay. You you can't take away what he did for Kansas City, right? Because he was so impactful his three years here, especially those first two. Yeah. He was the guy you basically point to on that Super Bowl team that you're like, yeah, without Tyron Matthew, does this defense get turned around? He was part of the turnaround here. Sure, Chris Jones, sure, Frank Clark in the playoffs. But Tyron Matthew was the guy that everyone pointed to, right? No. It's going to be close. I don't quite think he gets in, but he might get a boost from folks here in Kansas City. Well, I, I think I'd almost like to see him stay in Kansas City f- for that reason. I think he gets he a better chance. <laughs> I think he could squeeze out a Pro Bowl. I think adding another maybe Super Bowl or Super Bowl appearance to his resume like makes that that much sweeter. Uh, of the pot, it, you know, it's gonna be hard. I think you're right. I think he's right on that. There were several years there where he did not go to a Pro Bowl, where he really didn't do anything. The desert was the desert, or we, when he's with Houston, it was like, well, those are decent years, or there was an injury plagued year, but there's not the body of work that makes it too obvious yeah. for 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 me at least. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk extensions. We keep talking extensions and who's going to sign them or not. One guy. There's so much smoke here. I mean. It, it might as well be a Cheech and Chong record. Uh, we're looking at Tyreek Hill is uh, reportedly in discussions, having positive talks. This seems like it's going to happen sooner than later. Uh, like, like, what's your take on the Chiefs giving Tyreek Hill an extension here? And also, what's your take on it, the timing-wise, when a lot of other guys have been talking about an extension and suddenly they're sidestepped as Tyreek just, like, runs to the front of the pack and takes their money? As he should. Right. I mean, yeah. Tyreek Kill is the biggest name. I think he has the most value of guys that need to get paid. He is deserving. I think a deal does get done. It'd be nice to have a wide receiver in Kansas City on roster for 2023, a.k.a. after this upcoming season, because right now there's no one on the active roster under contract. <laughs> I like it. I, I think he's deserving. I don't think Tyreek Hill is someone who's going to fall off a cliff with age. I think he will age gracefully. We've seen speedsters last in the NFL. Um, Deshaun Watson is still out here playing, getting past dudes, right? I mean, obviously, I expect more from Tyreek Hill than Deshaun Jackson at this point. But I, I definitely think Tyreek Hill is going to age gracefully. Even if his speed drops down a little bit, his shiftiness, his quickness, is going to be an asset. Travis Kelsey is not the fastest guy, but he gets open by great route running, by being shifty, by getting dudes with his eyes, right? With how his body moves. And Tyreek Hill can do that. Uh, I don't think that goes. Tyreek Hill has gotten better ever since he's gotten in the NFL with route running, with his hands. I think that continues. Um, 
Yeah, basically, yes. I, I, I am all for extending Tyreek Hill. By the way, when you're describing Travis Kelsey on the floor, on the on the field, I've seen you in that same way on the dance floor. Like your eyes will go here, but then your body's like shift. Uh, like you've got like Travis Kelsey esque sort of moves. And if no one's ever told you that, let me be the first to tell you that. Yeah, there. I mean, there it is, right? <laughs> you know the whole, you know the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, Ty, Um, here's what I love. Remember the last time Tyron. I keep going back to Tyron Matthew because you got me like all flub now because I I like him and you hate him and it just bothers me so much. I don't hate him. Don't have him okay. quote tweet me. I like Tyron That's Matthew. It is a price. <laughs> There's a price. And it's no, not I even didn't. that. It's the positional value. No, it's fine. You've already like slandered Orlando Brown and now Tyron Matthew. Okay. I, mean, I don't even know who's left. Here's what I, here's what I love about Tyreek Hill. If you remember the last time, Tyreek Hill had to sign an extension it was in the aftermath of all the drama that was going on. And they built in so many bonuses and escalators to make sure that he could like earn the max of his deal. In fact, his last extension was only three years versus like what normally any guy doing what he does would have gotten five years and max money. He got three years and 54 million. So this is going to be the very first time. I mean, it's not, no one should be hurting for Tyreek Hill and the amount of money he's already earned. Like, Tyreek has generational wealth already. However, this is for sure the first time in his career where he will get paid like he should have been paid all along. He's going to get max money for a long time, and he absolutely deserves it. Um, Hard to believe it all came from a John Dorsey fifth-round pick. John Dorsey chose a receiver, Demarcus Robinson, in the fourth round and then came back and was like, I guess I'll take one more, and it was Tyreek. (laughs) In the fifth round, so it's well, so good. There, there were some reasons for why he was drafted were. in the fifth and not higher. There were, there were, but I'm, it's so good to see him make good of, of his life, his family. Yes. He's certainly just one of the most, maybe the most dynamic player I've ever seen in football. Like as a football fan, at the end of you know, at the end of my life, if you ask me who is the most blah 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 player, dynamic player, I mean Tyreek is that kind of historic guy. It's it's nice to see. And, uh, and the Chiefs are going to get it done before he heads into the contract year. Um, and receivers get more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also think that Tyreek Hill's IQ is something that goes completely under the radar. Tyreek Hill has some of the best football IQ I have ever seen. That man feels like he always knows where to be, how to beat a defense, where the soft spot is, when to go out of bounds, when to try and gain an extra couple yards. He, to me, again, I keep going back to it. He's a guy I just think is going to age very gracefully in the NFL. Um, his acceleration is, well, I think, what makes his speed so so incredible. It's, it's the acceleration, the ability to go from zero to 22 miles per hour just Crazy. like that. Crazy. So, yeah, I know. Uh, I'm with you. And receivers are getting paid more money because teams are now valuing quarterback and wide receivers it, it it all's changed it's it went from well now you got to pay a running back and now you're looking at teams like the Dallas Cowboys who anyone could have told you that was stupid but now they have to cut Amari Cooper to keep the monstrosity of a contract that is Ezekiel Elliott who by the way is the second best running back on that team and yeah. now you're hearing reports out of Carolina they're like well we're listening to potential trade offers on Christian McCaffrey well no shit the highest paid running back in the NFL in NFL history who's been banged up, played in what, 10 games the past two seasons combined. Oh, and they said they want a first rounder. Like, gosh, go smoke crack somewhere else. No chance. If the, if the Chiefs said, here's a fifth rounder, I would have questions to get Christian McCaffrey in Kansas City for a fifth rounder. Look at that contract. No way. I feel that way about Saquon, Saquon Barkley, and he's yes. much cheaper. He's much cheaper. Ugh. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Let's focus on a position here. Um, if you're listening, just so you know, here's where we're going. I want to ask Sterling about the biggest position of need on the roster. And then we're going to get to some of your questions. If you were in the Discord channel, um, we're going to answer some uh, some reader questions there. Um, and that'll be our show. So we're going to talk about several more things here. But I want to focus on the defensive line in particular because – that's the place where Brett Veach has already said, like, we're going to work here. Mm-hmm. Just like last year, they went to work on the offensive line. Left to right, 
gone. Frank Clark to me feels like, do you remember the way you felt last year after the season? Eric Fisher had torn his, had had, had the Achilles injury. Mitchell Schwartz had had a back injury that, that hadn't let him get off the couch since week six. And you're kind of like, I don't know what to make of the future of either guy. And so we were like, are the Chiefs going to keep Eric Fisher? Are they going to keep Mitchell Schwartz? Are they going to like, which one is going to happen here? And then the Chiefs just like wiped the slate clean completely, like just took an etch a sketch and shook it vigorously. Just, first of all, does Frank Clark feel that way to you as the sort of will they, won't they? And then finally the Chiefs are going to go like, yeah, we're done with questions. We're just done with the whole thing. And then, and well, let's start there. And then I want to ask further about your plan for the defensive line. So let's expand on the backstory here. Frank Clark's cap hit for the 2022 NFL season is 26.3 million. That ain't happening. Um, They can cut Frank Clark and save anywhere from 12.7 to 19.5 million, depending on when he is released based on the post June 1st release designation. Brett Veach touched on this briefly when he was at the combine said that certainly a high number, um, if it's a if it's something close, we can potentially get something done. If it's far off, then it'll probably go in a different direction. It may be a long shot, but it's not impossibility or an impossibility. That's when it came to a restructure. Um, I think it is possible that a restructure happens. Remember when Sammy Watkins was for sure out the door? Remember when? Oh no, no chance Sammy's coming back. Yeah. Well, what happened? Restructured, and they found a way to bring him back. I think it's entirely possible when you look at the free agents available, there's a lot of bigger names, but they're old as hell. You're you're telling me you want a JPP who's 33 is coming off two and a half sacks. Do you want Calais Campbell? Do you want Jerry Hughes? Um, I mean, sure. Chandler Jones would be fantastic, but do you think that's a real possibility? You're going to put all your eggs in the Chandler Jones basket. Even Um, he's like 32. Yeah. So, I think a restructure is a possibility. Um, and if I had to put a number out, I would say 33% chance restructure, 66.66. He's gone, right? Um, yeah. But I don't think it's set in stone that he's not going to be back in Kansas City. On his current contract, no chance. But I do yeah. think a restructure is possible. So with that said, I'll leave there. There's my Frank Clark take right there. Well, I, I like that. I, I like that answer. I like the, I like the nuance. The open is there. I um, and you're right that that they've got a without Frank, they've got two glaring needs. So if you can get away with a restructured deal for less, Frank has value. Sure. Any fan who says Frank Clark has no value whatsoever is just irresponsibly painting the picture. It's inaccurate, yeah. and they're just emotionally responding in a in a way that it's the contract. You're, 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 if if he was getting paid. Um, you know, let's just say three million a year, five million a year. No one would say a word. Right, right. He's still the best um, edge on this team. It's just he's not worth what he's getting paid. <laughs> right. So let me ask you this: If you are Brett Veach, right, the off season is coming up. It's yours to do with what you will. How would you attack? Assuming all everyone involved would say yes to everything that you would propose, and knowing that you have to save money and resources for other areas too. How would you attack the defensive line this offseason? So I'm going to start off by saying I am going to assume they will not land Chandler Jones. If, if you can land Chandler Jones, okay, yeah, that's it. Give me Chandler. We'll call it a day. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to do in this scenario no Chandler because maybe Arizona just gives him the back. Uh, my underrated guy is Charles Harris, former player from Mizzou, former first-round draft pick, The Chiefs love to go after these former first-round draft picks. Charles Harris finally had somewhat of a breakout season, came in Detroit, seven and a half sacks. I think Charles Harris could be brought here on a, for sure, not breaking the bank type contract. Uh, I think Emmanuel Ogba would be very nice, but I think he might be more expensive than people think. I don't think Emmanuel Ogba is going to come here on some, oh, I was there one time, let me get a team-friendly deal. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, I, I think that the Chiefs need to spend at least one of their top 100 draft picks or, or 100 in the top 100 picks on a edge guy, right? I think they for sure have to pick someone who is not just a tantalizing prospect. I'm tired of the, well, look at the potential. Breland Speaks, TK, Joshua Kando, 
yeah. they brought in Taco Charlton. Either they can't identify what these potential edge guys can be. I don't know the deals, but the best edge guy they've drafted has been Michael Dana. <laughs> um, I would like a guy who's more ready now than just a future project. Um, and then finally, I would say I'm getting on board with a Jadavian Clowney if you cannot bring Frank Clark restructured back. Because Jadavian Clowney is a little bit more of a souped-up Frank Clark. Really good in the run game. Yeah, Good at getting after the quarterback, but not elite. And I don't think Jadavian Clowney is going to break the bank. I don't. We've, we've thought for the past three seasons he would. He hasn't done it. I don't see why this season would be any different. Yeah. I, I like it. I think Clowney is actually underrated these days after – after like failing to live up to like his name and the college buzz and him coming in the league, he's actually like a much better, more route. Like he's a more well-rounded player than people realize and give him credit for. And he gets more pressures than people realize, even though the sack numbers haven't been there as well. <clears throat> I'll say this. I, um, I like your plan. I also think um, I, there's a little bit of smoke around Zadaria Smith, right? The Green Bay Packers, they did not use the franchise tag on on Smith, which they wouldn't have. They used it on Devontae Adams. So you've got Zadaria Smith, who is going to be free um, and coming off an injury, but that's a guy who's, who's possible. Um, another guy coming off injury, this is what I actually like, and I don't know what people will think of this. I would flip a second-round pick and maybe like a future third or fourth to the Minnesota Vikings, and I would grab Danielle Hunter. Um, they've got a brand-new regime. they got a totally brand-new regime. Um, Hunter's coming off an injury-plagued year, um, but he's still very young. He's only 27. Um, he only played seven games last year. He had six sacks in that time. He's a total monster. I mean, if Brett Veach is like, if Brett Veach is like, I don't need an aging veteran. I need a guy who's like a monster in his prime. Danielle Hunter is that guy if he's healthy, and that's the wild card there. So <clears throat> I would go I would I would make that call to see if the draft assets were worth making then I'd probably call a guy like Ogba or something get him on a one year deal and then I agree you got to grab like Mafe you got to grab someone else in the draft to be to be like the primary future you need a cornerstone yeah. you've got to have a cost controlled young cornerstone there but um yeah man if you could if you could grab a hunter type uh, Zedarius, I think you have some great ideas too. I like that there are options out there. I think that's mm. what's so exciting to me. I think Brett Veach is going to be able to get something exciting done up front. Yeah. No, I, I'm seeing a lot of Hassan Rid, uh, Riddick. I know Dante Fowler Jr. is a name that could be thrown out there too. There's a decent amount of names, but again, we're going through them. As far as the actual free agent market, there's just not a ton of top-end talent in their prime hitting the free agent market. So it's going to be interesting to see. This is the one position that Brett Veach has struggled to identify, right? Quarterback, he's incredible. Give him a sixth-rounder or a fourth-rounder, and he's going to nail it. Offensive line, he's good to go. You give him a give him an edge pick, he, he's not shown to have the uh, affinity for that so far, and that is an issue considering this is the position of need going forward. Yeah. Well, we've talked about the defensive line. That's what we would do. We will see what Veach will do in the next week or so. We want to get to some of your questions. Um, Sterling was chatting in the in our Discord channel, basically saying, "What questions do you guys have as we head like get out of the combine, head into NFL free agency? What's on the minds of Chiefs fans?" Um, Sterling, you want to serve some of those up? Yeah, uh, Arrowhead Dave. Uh, could the Chiefs move up or down or even out of the first round? They could, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. I do not want them to move up. I want them to keep all four of their top 100 picks. I do not want to – they need young, controllable talent, and they need it at multiple positions. They need to keep this year's this year's guys. They, they need to hit on some. They need some edge guys. They need a receiver. They're going to potentially need a cornerback and a safety. They're going to need some high – talent, influx, guys who can play right away. Trying to nail a six-rounder to play week one seems like a foolhardy endeavor. So as far as moving up or down, I'd prefer to have them move down, maybe get out of the get out of the first to get a second and a fifth, something like that, than I would for them to move up. What about you? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind them moving down at all. I don't I don't um I it's curious to me that some of these quarterbacks could be a draw late in the first round. 
So if a team likes a Desmond Ritter, if they like a Kenny Pickett or something, are those guys going to fall down to the point where maybe the Chiefs are in a range where, like the Detroit Lions are picking number 32. They may take a quarterback to seal the end of the first round and get that fifth-year option as a, as a potential. So if you like a quarterback, like a few years ago, the Ravens leaped back up in to take Lamar Jackson at the end of the um, at the end of the first round in order to secure that fifth year option, that kind of thing. The Chiefs could be in a prime spot of just going, "Hey, does anyone want this?" and mm-hmm. like throw us an additional pick, and we'll bounce down a few spots and and feel good about it. So, um, yeah, I I could definitely see that happening. It'd be interesting. What would suck is for everyone to watch on Thursday night for four hours mm-hmm. and then say. And the Chiefs don't have a pick at all. Like that would be, <laughs> that'd be a sad draft party. Uh, am I right that Veach has never traded back in an NFL draft? He's only traded up. I'm fairly certain that's the case. Like ninety five percent certain. I mean, maybe so. For sure, if there's a questionable defensive end to be taken, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Uh, (laughs) We have one from Savannah. Some of the high-profile wide receiver free agent options aren't available anymore. Do you think they pulled the trigger to get Juju? Um, I think it's a good point. A lot of the the guys we thought might be available, well, they're not. Calvin Ridley decided to go and pull a Pete Rose, and now he's going to be out (laughs) for a year. we're seeing Chris Devontae Godwin. Adams, Chris Godwin. Devontae Adams, we knew, but Chris Godwin was a question mark. Mike Williams was a potential question mark. Uh, Amari Cooper did hit, but when you have these players who could have potentially gone to other teams, had teams bidding for their services, well, that would have helped Kansas City, right? Because that pushes everyone back one. Well, now Juju Smith Schuster is going to be one of the maybe top three guys instead of a what? Top seven? Maybe the number seventh guy? Like that makes his market more attractive. I don't think the Chiefs will get Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is probably going to be too expensive. But I do think Juju Smith-Schuster is a realistic guy you can bring in for a year or two. I think he's going to cost more than people think, but I think he would accept a two-year length deal. Yeah, there's a lot of smoke here too. And, and you know, he even said, you know, per a report in January that he – like. Uh, that he would be willing to play for the Chiefs um, or that he liked the thought of playing for the Chiefs. And last offseason, I was just looking back at some old quotes um, earlier today, and Juju said he would have chosen the Chiefs if he wasn't going back to Pittsburgh. Um, and you got to remember the Philadelphia uh, Baltimore Ravens were also in on Juju last year, and the Philadelphia Eagles threw in a multi-year deal that was more lucrative than anyone. So he chose Pittsburgh over three teams, each of which were giving him more money, but Kansas City was second. So if he's leaving Pittsburgh, um, I like the Chiefs' chances there. Yeah. I, I do want Kansas City to draft, again, in the top 100, a wide receiver. I think a wide receiver and an edge, those two are musts for me early on for Kansas City in the draft. I see George Pickens is my kind of guy. I'm with you, Scooter. George Pickens would be incredible. Man. Um. We do have one serial serial related question. Why Raisin Bran sucks? Hey man, I like Raisin Bran. I'm basically 87 years old. I bleeping love Raisin Bran. Oh, that's disgusting. Let me say this. Raisin Bran sucks. Oh. If you, if you add the word crunch to Raisin Bran. Oh, okay, yeah, that's the one. It's that's the delicious. One, one is like soggy like hair in the drain the moment that like the moment that milk touches it it just wilts like a nasty flower that no one ever wants to see right but raisin brand crunch is like a vivacious group of leprechauns in your mouth just bringing things to life in a way that it's amazing it's like yeah oh dude you're right raisin brand crunch absolutely slaps it's incredible it's top tier okay. uh, so, I also, wait, so you don't like raisin bran or you like raisin bran I, I don't really know if you've had just the og a raisin raisin bran i'm more of a oh. raisin bran crunch type of guy uh anytime i hear crunch i'm in i like things very i hate soggy soggy <laughs> is my oh my pet peeve anything soggy is gonna be a no for me dog uh cinnamon toast crunch though i'm all in on big cinnamon toast crunch kind of guy but not soggy cinnamon toast crunch. No, 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 no. If it's soggy, I'm that shit's getting tossed out quicker. 
Done. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. And I agree. CTC all the way. It's pretty amazing. Look, if you're eating Raisin Bran and you're out there, you need to really reconsider the choices you're making in life. I mean, I don't know, like, I'd be willing to even throw in on like a life coach, some counseling, (laughs) something. I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm not lying, folks. Like, like right now, a preacher would say with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're taking Raisin Bran in your life tonight, right now, you need to know there's a light in the darkness, a light in the soggy ass darkness of your life. Get some crunch on that shit. Throw that first bowl away. In Jesus name. Amen. Yo, if a preacher said shit. There we go. Any other questions? No, we're good there. I will say if you have uh, raisin brand crunch with a KC beer, that's a good start to your morning. It's a good start to your morning. I like it. I like it. Folks, um, <laughs> this has been a fun episode of uh, the Era Attic Podcast. This is going to be a crazy week. Now, coming up on Thursday, Matt Verderam back from the NFL Combine. Patrick Allen, he's going to be here too. Um, they'll have their normal great episode for you. But don't be surprised if we alert you from time to time for an emergency episode because there's going to be a lot of news to respond to over the next week or two as the Chiefs completely reshape their defensive line, the rest of their defense. I'll leave you with this. We could lose Charverius Ward, and he could make big money. We could lose Tyron Matthew. He could make big money. If the Chiefs get compensatory picks for these guys, they will also get a compensatory pick for losing Ryan Poles. We could have four third-round picks in next year's draft because everyone's leaving KC and the NFL is just like, Here's your third rounder. Here's your third rounder. Here's your third rounder. Maybe that's Brett Veach's ultimate goal is just to like amass future picks. And that's why he's not resigning these guys. I don't know. It seems like something's up to me. Um, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Look, we got a talented team behind the scenes. Thanks so much to Hunter and Richard for doing what they do. Sterling, you got the killer hair everyone talks about. That smile. You're like, uh, there it is. There it is. The way Patrick Allen talks about him, it's like when Michael frequently talks about the temp. The <laughs> That's temp perfect, dude. So, uh, so anyway, I I'm not crushing on him like that, but we're good friends anyway. <laughs> My name is Matt Connor. He's Sterling Holmes. We'll see you next time on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're out of here. <laughs>